pop culture questions only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. From the greatest minds gathered from around the galaxy, I am the nerd that knows. And with me tonight, I have apparently a family reunion. Uh, we have my fabulous, incredible brother, uh, Tank, owner of Max Nostalgia Collectibles. Hit him up for all of your comic book and or video game and or little collectible doodad things. Uh, find him on Facebook, Knox Nostalgia Collectibles. And joining us as a special guest for tonight, uh, my other unofficial brother, uh, we have Vance, the useful mammal, jackass, photographer extraordinaire, uh, and all around pain in my ass. But you know what? Isn't that what family's for? Oh, and apparently the dog wants to play fetch now. So that's awesome. All right. So we are live on a Wednesday again because apparently people's schedules keep getting all fucked up. And so we were not with you on our regular Monday nights. Uh, Stash is chilling with the Baroness this evening. And uh, Smurf is uh, off somewhere judging some sort of food something or other. And Fox is away being incredibly sexy with their partners doing God only knows what. But if you really want to find out, PetFet.com. And if that was not enough uh, shameless plugs for the intro, let's go ahead and jump right in to the things that we did not talk about last week and even more news that has happened since then. So, starting off with Suicide Squad. We saw it. What do we think? I enjoyed it more than the first one that they made. It is rare that there is a better sequel than the original, but okay. Yeah, I like it more than the John John Ayer version of the... Green Lantern is better than the first one. I said it. I said it. No. Okay. It was a beautifully intended disaster. Is how I how I kind of viewed the movie. It, it was it was a intentional, beautiful Tarantino nod hot mess that I think only James James Gunn could have done. I think it was awesome. I will look at it. I'm on my third viewing. James Gunn, this further establishes that he is legitimately a little bit of a lunatic. I think it is a little more than a little. Um, the action sequences were brutal and quite awesome. The storyline was iffy at best, but honestly, even the source material is iffy at best when it comes to the storyline. So... He did what he could. Okay, so I didn't hate it. Um, 
I liked Harley a lot better this time around uh, than in The Birds of Prey. Uh, you know, I definitely see why this is her last delve into uh, the Harley character. Um, it was a little weird that, and, and very comic booky, which it didn't have in the first one. The way they had um, all of like the announce or like the the screenshots of like yo know, um, Suicide Squad versus. Now James, the James Gunn was slick with a lot of a lot of his visual story points. Yeah, like, it, it, it felt more did. like a comic book movie than the train wreck that the first one was. And that, and that scene, and I think once again, I think that was what he wanted. It seems like he was really trying to push the comic book style of the movie. Because a lot of it, even a lot of the action sequences were set up in comic book. Like even the stuff that comes out of it, the, how they kill Storo, the powers of Polka Dot Man, which was impressive, to be honest. Like the, he really pushed the comic idea more than most comic book movies do. Which is which is where I, I also give the. Tarantino nod to because I've always felt that Tarantino has a little bit of a comic book, hence Pulp Fiction um, as a name of a movie. You know, he has that that you know chapter chapter six. You know that that you know Operation, you know Jordan Jordan no Operation Harley. You know it, it, it's it's that sort of it, yeah. It was a very comic book design. I think the one moment where you know it was almost a meta of that to me was the. The um, Idris Elba falling out and almost doing a superhero landing, but looking like, holy crap, I just survived that. <laughs> yeah, that I, was just such a perfect scene. It was a very much Deadpool moment of a superhero landing, bat on the knees. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and Idris, compared to Bloodshot, or not Bloodshot, Deadshot. He was way more interesting. Absolutely, characters way more interesting, and the they kind of give you the hint of oh well, this story is kind of the same thing when it's not at all, because he goes at his kid like he wanted to kill her at one point. I love that he's all like, "Yeah, you're a dumbass because you got caught and you did this without you know, but you did it for a fucking watch." For fuck's sake! I'm just like, yeah, that's it's awesome. Probably more realistic. Like, if your kid does some stupid shit like that, that's probably you're going to be your actual response. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. That will be your response with your children. That was my parents' response with me. You know, my mom used to say, "We could get away with anything that she had not already tried." So, but if she had done it and done it successfully, we were not allowed to try doing the same thing. Well, my kids aren't going to be allowed to do really much of anything. Yeah, neither were we. <laughs> Mom has some wicked stories. Like, there is this giant Tyrannosaurus Rex at this place called Kittyland in the town my mom grew up in. 
And the Kittyland train like rides right in front of this giant T-Rex. So for senior prank or just because with my mother, it could have been a just because they took a mannequin, covered it in red paint, put red paint all over these dinosaurs teeth and had a bloody mangled body hanging out of the mouth of this dinosaur at Kittyland. Right. But you can see it from like the main stretch of the highway, you know, like main street or whatever. Now there is a, a like secured fence around this thing. And the teeth are just like painted boards. They're not like actual teeth anymore. And that is all due to my mom. There you go. So yeah, we like, we did not really have, we had to get real creative to try something mom hadn't already done. But I digress. Um, the, and that, how it started was interesting. The fact that they kind of split it and they, unknown to us, split it into two groups of and unknown to everyone apparently involved, two groups of the Suicide Squad. And one of them got wiped out. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, were they trying to get rid of Harley? Because she was in that group. Oh, absolutely. You can see the disappointment on Waller's face. Yeah. But I appreciated Uh, Flag, who was all like, hey, and you have to think, she was trying to get rid of him, too. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, um, Joel Kinnaman was the worst part of that movie. He is so boring. As I understand Rick Flagg is kind of supposed to be the uptight military dude, but that guy is so damn boring. <laughs> They, they would have been better go, better off going with uh, the the Eastwood kids character as the survivor there, not not him. Yeah, they would have gone better with mostly anybody. Yeah, besides him, that was he. I don't know if it's just him as an actor or him as this character. He's not good as Rick Flag. It is it it. it, it it actively great. I wished from the beginning of that the end fight. I I wish you would have just got shot right in the face, and that would have been the end of it. Like in no fight, no nothing. Just kill him at the beginning of the movie, and let's move on. Harley's by herself. Mm-hmm. See, I'm actually kind of glad they didn't focus the movie on Harley. You know, they they didn't. They had every opportunity to do it, but she just had her own vehicle two years ago. You know, you don't need to make another Harley Quinn vehicle. Her popularity has, you know, I'm not going to say peaked, but it's it's solid enough in, in regular daily culture now. Um, she's, I'm not even going to talk about, you know, how many people in the lifestyle call themselves Harley. Because, but anyway, yeah. the, the, you know, the, that character is so well established, you don't need to continue to promote her. Give her a new costume. It's just like you know. It's just like it's just like any other franchise. You give them a new costume, give people to buy new stuff. That blah 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 blah. You can focus on new characters. Right. You know, Sylvester Stallone, epic, oh. epic casting. As oh. as King Shark. That as was King Shark. Hilarious. No, I mean, King Shark was fantastic, but I really think that some of the Harley moments were my favorite parts of the oh, film. No, no. Yeah, you know, like. 
like the when way she that she, that yeah, like with the chain, and I'm just like, that's so fucking cool. And that's her. That is her doing that. That was not a stand-in. No, I know. Was, yeah, which is just brilliant that she, you know, she she learned to do that. Um, I'm just glad the movie did not make it another Harley Quinn vehicle. You know, and yeah. and I think the the surprise for me was, and this is you know kind of a, one of those other little commentaries about the first movie is they kind of set it up because I thought honestly Will Smith dialed that movie in. They wanted to bring him into a comic franchise because it's something he you know. His, his Wild Wild West franchise failed, and and you know something to maybe ignite Will Smith in a in a in a comic book movie role because everybody else is being sucked into it, and it felt like he dialed it in. I really felt like he dialed that entire role in for that movie, and they kind of set Idris Elba up to be fine. I'll do it. I'm dialing this in, and then the character comes out. Okay. So, it, I, that's kind of how I thought it was just like a little sort of, you know, hey, Will Smith, screw you. <laughs> I'm going to directly comment about your acting in the first movie in my in my script. <laughs> so. And, and each character, like, get to the main Suicide Squad, not the ones that were wiped out 10 minutes in, but the main Suicide Squad, each one of them had a distinct story told by the end of that movie which is a little bit impressive actually mm-hmm. like they, each one of them did have a story that was really cool um it was, but, it, was it was well done it was I, I, want, I, I want so, more detach the detachable kid because it's nathan fillion just because it's nathan fillion and it was hilariously stupid how they did that a little large just like <laughs> or when, when, like, his body is over on the beach. And he's, know? like, flexing and trying to force his arms to apparently three stooges, the soldiers. Well, you know, it, it fits for, you know, I, the character and the actor. The whole point of the Suicide Squad is it was, it was B through D level villains who are so bad at being villains, they get caught. <laughs> And therein set themselves up for this sort of suicide mission. I mean, that's really the whole point of the entire Suicide Squad series. Oh yeah. So it, he's he's a total total expo character there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, all in all, I think that it was it was not a bad movie. It it was not a great movie. Um, it wasn't great. But it was definitely. You know, worth a watch. I think it fits the direction that DC has realized that for the most part is where they're going to make their money. Comedy. Use the DC universe, it's still comedy. Shazam, it's still comedy. You know, uh, the, the this, the, the, the Harley, you know, the, the emancipation of Harley Quinn, the you know, Birds of Prey. You instill some, you use Yeah, the but that movie sucked ass. Birds of Prey? It still made money. It still made like $385 million. I mean, that's pretty damn good for a DC movie, all things being equal. <laughs> I think that's their, that's going to be their, they're going to throw in a serious movie every now and then. But Batman is going to be, you know, ultra serious. Oh, yeah. To regain the Nolan mystique. But, but 
after what they tried to do with Band of Steel, after what they tried to do with, I mean, Justice League was that attempt to instill some humor into an action movie. Um, so I think they found their groove of where they fit comparative to the Marvel Universe, which is, let's just build up the one gigantic, let's throw everything at it, battle at the end, and occasionally maybe Tony Stark is funny. But now he's dead. So, ah, uh, but that'll take us over to what if in yes. the Marvel universe? Ah, see what I did there. <laughs> yes, uh, you didn't even know. Episode one was a really cool reinvention of that story. Oh the, yeah, of the Captain America story because they basically went shot for shot. Mm-hmm. Most of it. It was almost the exact same story. And that was very, it looks like that was very intended that they wanted you to have the same exact experience. But what if this one little thing changed? Yeah. And, and one little thing has huge impacts on the story. And, and even the way they start the voiceover, Riza, like, you all know this story. You know how it went. But what if when this question gets asked, it gets a different answer. Oh, yeah. And that that's the only thing. Smart. And I thought that's that was... Something that yeah. Something completely believable that could have happened in that situation. Yeah, oh, you and and the number of people we're going to see cosplaying these what-if characters oh, yeah. is going to be ridiculous. Well, and I, the stuff that legitimately comes out of it, because everyone's focusing on, obviously, the main part of it, and that is that Carter becomes Captain Britain instead of Rogers becoming Captain America. That mm-hmm. is the biggest She change. just becomes Captain Carter. She doesn't become Captain Britain. Well, okay. I'm sorry. They're setting up Captain Britain, I'm assuming. Because she's in a couple more episodes, apparently. Yeah. Um, so if anyone didn't know that, sorry. Big surprise. Um, they're probably setting up Captain Britain, which is a separate group of superheroes. Um... But all the small things are also very important. Like, even the Red Skull's decisions to, instead of making weapons, to investigate the paranormal aspects of the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. That shift had a major impact on the outcome of the story. The fact that you have Howard Stark making that suit. Yeah, making a proto-Iron Man suit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what, 60 years, 60, almost 70 years before it should have happened. Right. Like, that's that's crazy. And the fact that Bucky never disappears. So now his entire history changes. And all those, it's all those little small things that I'm guessing we're probably going to get more of at some point. But the, the, way, the way they're altering the, the stories, there's probably going to be some stuff coming out of that also. But Absolutely. Really cool. Well, you no longer have a Winter Soldier. You no longer have, you know, there's there's so much that changes with that one modification. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and yeah, this of, is considered canon. Yeah. What if is a free part of the MCU canon? Yeah. It's just alternate universe. Yeah, part of the multiverse plot. Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I thought that Red Skull's move into the paranormal 
was a little nod to um, Marvel buying Dark Horse and therein now owning Hellboy with kind of a Drew Jihad thing coming through. Well, potentially a little bit. Yeah. Probably rooted a little bit in, you know, some of the religious portions of the Nazi movement also took on sort of a paranormal feel and sort of a, you know, God, God weapon feel to them. Yeah. You know, and if you think about what the, um, the Hydra image is, like their insignia, like the creature that they have, you know, at that moment makes sense. Right. Right. But, but yeah, I, I see the nod to the old Thule, you know, the Thule cult, elder gods, yeah. you know, um, all that, that paranormal research that they were legitimately doing, which was just, anyway. Yeah. Scary in its own right, yes. And it, and it gives a direct, um, we're not explicitly shown what the creature is. Right. Um, and that's completely intentional, I'm assuming. But it does kind of link to what's happening with Doctor Strange next. Mm-hmm. Because this is the stuff that he deals with. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cool way to potentially loop part of another multiverse in that storyline of, oh, wait. Why is this creature, this extra-dimensional creature, coming through? Right. You know, and the the way that they had Carter at the end showing up, you know, just, yeah. you know, is that the most, and we don't know yet. Um, I haven't watched this week's episode, uh, and oh, even really? if I had, um, we wouldn't be talking about it tonight because, you know, spoilers and all that jazz. Uh, but it is very worth watching. It is fascinating. This whole yeah. show so far is definitely worth watching. But we know if that's the moment when Loki would have come through the same... Well, and that's what they're kind of setting it up as. That's yeah. when the Loki thing happens. Instead of that happening... This happens. Yeah, here comes Carter. Because in theory, based on how the Tesseract, Tesseract moved around there wouldn't have been some of the interventions that took place and there would have been the um, Hydra influence. Mm-hmm. And exactly. that wouldn't have been as much at that point. Unlike our timeline where Hydra was basically everywhere in every part of every government. Wow, we just killed multiple seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of killed all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they, they really did, yes. All right, so while we're on the MCU, let's jump over the fact that MCU has a new movie coming out uh, in just a couple of weeks, Um, and this is the Shang-Chi movie, and it is not going straight to Disney+. Plus. No, they are going fully into theaters to start. Yep, for the first, I believe it's uh, 30 or 45 days. Um, I believe it's 30. I think if they... They said the first four weeks or something like that. Yeah, it, it's something like that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so they'll they'll have like a month in theaters without it being available on streaming. Uh, and if it does well, then 
we have hopes to see the Eternals doing the same thing. If the Legend of the Ten Rings does not do well, um, going straight into theaters for the first four weeks, then we will see Eternals going straight to Disney Plus as well as... Uh, it is 45 days after it's released. Is it 45? Yeah, I, I just pulled that up right here. Uh, so, yeah. But if Shang-Chi does not do well, and to be totally honest, this is not the movie everybody's excited about. I think it So it may not awesome. do well just because it's not a good movie. We just don't know yet. But Marvel is going, or excuse me, Disney is going to base their decision on Eternals is going to head straight to Disney Plus based on how the Ten Rings movie does. Yeah, that seems to be the word coming down the, the line from Kevin Feige and everyone else, that this is kind of a testing the waters movie, which is an interesting one to choose, considering it's a smaller character. But I think they've showed enough of the background stuff during their all the trailers they've done, including the one that came out recently, to, I think, get a lot more people interested. Because they're approaching it as, yes, this is a different story than you're used to, but there's some characters you know, and ultimately, this is a kung fu movie. With, you know, super crazy ninja action. Like, that's, that is the story that's being told Kung Fu movie that just happens to reside in the MCU. Yeah, which I think they, I think they purposely dropped the the cameo rumor to try to get more people from the regular MCU fandom curious about it too. Well, and there are some cameos that we know are going to happen at this point. Now, we we've learned that at least two previous characters are going to be there. Um, with the potential for a lot of others. We literally have no idea who else they're going to be bringing in. The only thing they've shown so far is that we're getting Abomination and Wong. Right, but the, the, the Trevor Slattery one specifically is what I was... Yes, and also Slattery, which is an interesting interesting choice, but I, I kind of respect it in, in its own way that they're going to kind of connect those plot points. Well, a little he, bit. Used the, he used the Ten Rings yeah. as his... As his his backdrop and his, his supposed, you know, terrorist cell. But that also wasn't his decision. That was oh, I know. his decision. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we may actually get introduced to the real Mandarin. Well, we are. We've already, he's the main an antagonist of this movie, it looks like. Right, right, right. But, yeah. yeah, but I don't think it's the same actor, if I'm not mistaken. From no, the it's, it's, um... They used somebody different, so. Yeah, it's... What's his name? It is. Are you googling faster than I am? Uh, Tony Lang, uh, Tony, yep. Gy, yeah. Who you know? He's got a decent history. He's done some other stuff, so he's well, really, really well known, um, especially in Asia, primarily in like China, because that's he's from Hong Kong. Um, so they're, they're kind of tapping into that market pretty heavily and he is going to be the Mandarin in this movie. Now, what happens after that, we don't really know, but, um, I mean, but really as far as cameo goes, the MCU is known 
for cameos and Easter eggs. Yeah, and we're getting we're getting a few. We already know about. Right. So we yeah. have no idea what else might be coming down the pipeline. Yeah. So it's very you know possible that we'll see it. Oh yeah. You Especially know. if they're doing what, which looks like this this tournament that's happening is going to be taking place at least somewhat close to Madripoor, if not in Madripoor. So you have some very easy crossover there based on what happened during the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier story. Which is also Which, canon, so, you know. Exactly. These are all important and, things. I don't know if you caught it. They just announced today that Rob, that uh, Mackie is now confirmed officially oh, yeah. for Captain America 4. He is Captain America and Captain America 4. Mm-hmm. Which is good. He deserves it at this point. Everyone's super excited about Peggy Carter, so am I, but She's not going to be Captain America. Captain America is Falcon now. Well, Falcon is Captain America. <laughs> Other way. He's, he's Captain Falcon. He's Captain America. Falcon. That works, too. That is going to definitely happen in that movie. So oh, yeah. going to call him Captain Falcon. And if they and don't, then they have missed a good opportunity. And it's but- probably going to be Bucky because he's an asshole. I was going to say it's going to be Deadpool since he's supposed to be taking over the Stanley cameos. Uh, if that ever actually happened, I would be impressed. Wait, who's taking over the cameos? Deadpool. Potentially Deadpool because he breaks the fourth wall already. Okay, because I thought I thought the inside joke was going to be that Matt Damon was going to be doing all the the cameos because he's now appeared in. In, well, he's been in Deadpool. He's been in like what four movies now? Yeah, with tiny bit parts. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. that it nothing has been confirmed. Well, nothing is confirmed at this point. But I think it would be funny is if in Captain America four, Deadpool is the one going, "Hey, look, it's Captain Falcon." But I think you're right. I think it is going to be Bucky. Or it would be perfect. Entertaining. It'll be. It'll probably be Bucky, or potentially, um, Rhodey. I guess he's kind of an asshole too. So, on a, on a slightly more serious tone to the whole thing, though, is do you really think that Angelina Jolie would let her contract allow a movie of that? With her, let me rephrase. With her in it, I'm not going to say of that caliber because I haven't. You know, all we've got are these occasional little micro teasers. Um. To go straight to Disney, Disney Prime, Disney Plus, Disney. Here's the thing: she won't have any control over it, depending on what happens with this um, Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. And I sincerely doubt that will end before that movie's released. Right, exactly. Because currently, none of those actors have any control over whether or not their movie gets drawn to premiere access. It's true. So until there's a resolution and some judge rules one way or the other, there is no anything. They can they can do whatever they want right now. I mean, they may face some, you know, consequences like in the a future. Potentially aggressive move, considering some of the stuff they're facing currently, to actively shit on five more actors. But <laughs> you never know. They might do it. 
It is Disney. They are one of the most valuable companies in the world. So right, and they and they proved you could make a highly successful movie straight to video with Cruella. I mean, they killed it. And they've also proven that they can take nobodies or uh, has-beens and create superstars. I mean, yeah. yeah. Look at you know RDJ. Look at Ford. No one knew who the hell. Chris Hemsworth was when that movie was being made. Yep. Nobody knew who Tom Hiddleston was when that movie was being made. This is true, but I'm talking about, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has become Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. He's become the $80 million man. That's pre-Disney, though. I mean, that was... was, No, 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 I know. But still... I, I guess maybe instead of giving all of that credit to Disney, we should be giving it to Jon Favreau. Well, uh, he deserves a huge chunk of the credit that he undeservedly never gets for not only what he's done with Disney, but also what he's done with Star Wars. And whatever he touches, he generally makes something more interesting and better than it had any right to be initially. Yeah, he kind of saves the day a lot of times with different franchises. Yeah, he has a Midas touch, it seems, when it comes to a story that he wants to tell. Oh, you're not wrong. Well, while we're talking, Favreau, let's jump over to uh, the Star Wars Visions trailer. Or trailers, it's, as it were. Hell yeah. It's a, kind of a interesting approach to this being made. It doesn't happen often, and that is that the creators of this basically just said, all right, we've tried to negotiate something here. They wanted to make these stories for a while. They tried to negotiate with Disney. They tried to negotiate with Lucasfilms. They tried to do all this stuff and eventually just landed on, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make it and see what happens. And what happens is Disney apparently appreciates it and is making it a reality. So we are getting nine different shorts um, each with a distinctive visual style, but all in the anime vein of things. Yeah, and specifically Japanese anime. Yes. They are very much pushing that style of animation. Yeah, um, and from all different studios. Yeah, multiple studios are participating in this. You know, and each different studio had a different story that they wanted to tell. Um, you, know, but apparently Japan... Um, especially within these anime studios, had a huge grouping of hardcore Star Wars fans. And so they're like, you know, finally. Uh, and we're, we will be getting um, an English dubbing. Yes. For those who... There is who- going to be a... I think they're initially they're all initially made in, in Japanese. Yes, correct. So and you can watch English. subtitles or you can watch it dubbed. Yeah, and they're doing a English dub of all of them with a actually fairly notable cast if you if you look, look through it. Oh yeah. Known actors that are participating. So oh, yeah, you have Neil Patrick on- Harris doing it. Um you have uh Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What other names am I seeing on here? Um, David Harbour is going to be in it. Yeah. 
uh, George Takei. Yeah, there's, there is a, it's an extensive list, honestly. I mean, each movie, or each, I don't know, short, I guess? Yeah, they're being called shorts. Um, or each episode, as it were. Cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. each, each one has a story and its own cast. And now there doesn't seem to be much crossover in that. Now that is accurate. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's it's, it's an insane cast when you look at it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's an aggressive thing. And it's it's come, it's not far in the future. I believe September 24th is when it releases. I believe that is accurate. Let me confirm. It is. And? Yep. Tamura Morrison back as Boba Fett. Spoiler! Yeah, but honestly, that's cool that they're they're tying it into existing stuff, and it looks like this is being kind of presented in the vein of the Legends storylines that they did a long time ago, just from a different point of inspiration. Yep. So, so whether or not they're accepted as canon. I don't know if they've made that clear yet because I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything on it yet. And I also haven't seen um, whether or not these were stories that came out of Lucasfilms, um, you know, out of that uh, whole estate, or if these are films or shorts, as were, that are just, you have these horror fans who are going, this is the story story we never had these answers so let's just create this and i haven't based, been able to see that based on my because they have not actually put a lot of information out Correct. about the background of it but based on my understanding it is inspired by but not anything i don't think anything is directly taken from the legends stuff at all mm-hmm I believe it's all inspired by that, but none of, I don't believe any of it is directly taken from there, from what I can tell. That's, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. There probably will be something, though. Like, there probably will be similarities. There'll probably be some, you know, anyone who has let, read the Legends materials will probably see some of the stuff. I'm like, oh, that's from such and such story. You know, that probably will happen. Um, but I don't believe that there's anything indicating that they directly took any of those stories and just made something out of it. It seemed to be inspired by that idea of the legend stories, though. Yeah. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I know that uh, come end of September, early October, you will be hearing us talking about this oh, yeah. in great detail. And I'm sure we'll have more information by then, honest, but... Um, guaranteeing we'll have more information by then because Disney will, for something this innovative for them, they are going to try and push this as much as they can to get attention. Agreed. So, because this doesn't fall in line with their normal stuff at all. This sort of thing does make me wonder how, if anywhere along the lines, um, They've done a sit down, whether that be Disney execs sitting down with you know Kathleen Kennedy and Farrow and and such, or or whoever sitting down with somebody, somebody having a meeting and saying, okay, over in the Marvel, you know Marvel exec 
offices, they've got their entire universe mapped out for like the next decade. What are you doing? <laughs> it, I'm you know, pretty they, sure Favreau has it all mapped out for basically anything that's going to be making Disney money right now that doesn't have to do with the princess. Or the Marvel Universe, yeah. Right, but but they're in, because everything still still says that Rain Johnson is going to be allowed to do his trilogy. That's never been officially pulled. So, and he, he said he wants to kind of do a Knights of the Old Republic feel, whether it's that's the plot line or not, but that's where, you know, he said his fandom lies. So... I'm assuming that there, a lot of this has been vetted by everyone in any position of power on the Star Wars side. I would have to think so at this point in time, because of how successful it's worked for Marvel. Well, and with how they've kind of set everything up on their side of things, too, you know, Marvel's obviously been doing it longer at this point, but Star Wars has definitely, ever since the kind of issues that they had with the trilogy, mm-hmm. with directors changing and stuff like that, ever since that little issue... They've definitely kind of cut back who's allowed to have an opinion, it seems. And they have to run everything by, it seems like, like you said, Kennedy, Favreau, probably at this point, you know, there's probably two or three people that are like, no, go through us and that's it. Yeah. And we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. I'd have to hope so. I have to hope so. Mm -hmm. They might email George and say, by the way, this is where we're going as far as I know, they haven't said anything to him. Yeah, I, I've heard that he's just he's he's occasionally informed, but he's not even a consultant anymore. No, because they don't want that. They've made it very clear that they don't want him to have an influence. Not um, after what he did to the originals. How they tell their stories. Ugh. You know, I mean, I think that you're right. After the way the uh, the the trilogy went, where it was kind of like a all right. What are we going to have happen here? Let's roll the dice and, oh, look, we got a D4. All right, I guess that means Jar Jar comes back again. Um, I'm always going to be disappointed with the D1 that he rolled, that the Mandalorian, that, 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 that he nixed the entire Mandalorian plot for. They're all clones. That's going to piss me off for the remainder of my life. Sorry, I grew up on the comic books. No, no, and no. <laughs> so you know. Yes, I'm, I'm assuming uh, that it's yeah. They have they have to, and they, I'm assuming, at this point they're probably bringing in uh, Filoni too because of yes. the impact oh, yeah. he's had. Yeah, so it's probably is- it's probably Kennedy, Filoni, and Favreau sitting in the office, and them coming in and like, okay, can we do this? Well, wasn't there something also that they offered Waititi a, a movie? I've heard he's been connected to potentially doing something, but nothing's been verified, I don't believe. Just got to wait and see what happens. The Star Wars universe uh, is definitely being held closer to the vest than the MCU, whereas, Mm -hmm. uh, like we talked about a few weeks ago, they've basically told us we're getting, what is it, seven movies in 18 months or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, um, not to mention all of the TV shows, uh, whereas Star Wars is kind of just more of a, we'll tell you when we want to tell you. Well, and part, part of that is attributed to the idea that much more in the Star Wars universe, you see 
angrier responses to anything that comes out that no that people don't want. This is because the Star Wars universe is older than Vance. No, that's not no, true. No, no, no. No, <laughs> I was six years old when the first movie came out. Wow, okay. I was there. I'm not older, or it's not older than me. Okay, fine. Then Vance is old. Yes, I am. Look, there's gray. I have gray too, but I was definitely not alive. I wasn't even alive when the third movie came out. So. Yeah, but Tank, all of your gray hair comes from the fact that you have an almost six-year-old, an almost three-year-old, and are married to my sister. That probably has part, part, part of the issue, yes. It's okay. She doesn't listen to our show. You can say what you want. No, she. I tell her daily. But <laughs> I love that woman very much, and she drives me crazy every every moment of the day. Um, I love her too, but you picked her for you know whatever reason. So moving yeah, on to was, other yeah, things, it just gets a lot more <laughs> backlash, and I think that's what. We don't yeah. get as much info. I just well, I mean, I, I have a very visceral reaction to the first three movies and how he retconned, you know, decades of information that he put out, and then he comes out with, you know, the Phantom Menace, and it's like, what the frat was that? <laughs> George, I'm going to drive out to San Francisco, find you, and kill you. <laughs> See, I'm stupid enough that I actually enjoyed that movie. Because I didn't have a deep connection to Star Wars. I I, so I, I actually enjoyed game. that movie. The second one, that was dog shit. But I, I yeah, I, I bought everything. I bought all the, the this here's the blueprints for how the Death Star works and, and the whole background information. I mean, they didn't even introduce Boba Fett yet. And he had taught and he established the whole Clone Wars how, how it all worked, how everything happened. He established the Mandalorians. He established all this stuff. And then in one little swoop, it's all gone. Because he decided he didn't like the scripts that he wrote when he wrote all nine of them at the same time. Fuck you, George. <laughs> I think that seems to be a fairly... I, I, I believe that's going to be a hashtag on this particular episode. Fuck you, George. I think there's a hashtag that says fuck you George basically attached to anything Star Wars has done in the last 20 years you're not wrong I mean uh, I grew up on Star Wars because you know my dad is a big Star Wars guy he remembers when um, the movies came out when he was stationed over in Germany you know and everybody going and watching the same film you know, on Friday and Saturday, multiple times, because, you know, when you're on a military base and you're not allowed, you know, leave, I guess, Star Wars or hookers, and Star Wars was cheaper. Um, love you, Dad. I think my parents would disagree based on how many times I pulled them to the movie theater. Uh, but, you know, um, so, yeah, I, I remember, like, sitting on the floor you know, waiting in line for Rogue One and um, because this is all something that's really important to my dad. I even wore the Princess Leia buns because I have enough hair for that. Yeah, I didn't fully watch a Star Wars movie until episode one because I was 
12, and I didn't have anyone that watched Star Wars in my life prior to that, really. That's fair. Yeah. New Hope is going to be my favorite. Um, but of the newer movies, Rogue One is my favorite. Rogue One was beautifully done. Yeah, that was the that was the best story, which is interesting. So I do, I do use the opening of Star Wars not not the crawl, but immediately after the crawl, Episode Four, as my test for any new anytime I buy a new TV. That is my that is my test sequence. Is that 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 blockade runner coming over, and then the star destroyer, and just test the sound, test the picture. Every single TV I have purchased since I was seventeen, when I bought my first TV myself, Weird. that has been my test my test model. I, I use the Avengers actually. I have actually never purchased a television. <laughs> I have either dated somebody with really good TV or my dad gets a new TV and then it trickles down the siblings, you know? So like when he bought his, what's, what's the size he has now tank? It's like 976 inches. I don't know at this point. I, I don't remember. It takes up an entire wall at my parents' house. Their next step is just seriously going to be a projector. Yeah, unless he wants to pay ten grand, I think that's uh, his next option. It's bigger than your TV vans, so and it's, a, and it's a flat screen or is it a projection? No, it's a flat screen. It's TV. a it's well, it's kind of it's the the curved screen. Yeah, no, but it's still a yeah. It's it is a flat screen. screen, but it's it's got the okay. curve and. But so every time Dad gets a new TV, then the TV he previously had goes to my brother, and then. The TV that my brother has goes to one of the sisters. And this is how I have always gotten TVs. Yeah, we, we officially took ourselves out of that lineup after Mike broke two of them. Yeah, well, you know, there's a reason why Mike only gets hand-me-down TVs instead of new TVs. I mean, we just went the other route. So, you know, just to buy the TV that we want at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, like, my the only TV I have that belongs to me at this point is like a 20 inch screen that I use as a secondary monitor. I was say my, all of my monitors are bigger than 20. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where like I had some guy friends uh, come over for a movie night uh, when I was uh, in my studio apartment and they saw my little tiny TV. And so one of them left went across the street to his place, took the TV out of his guest bedroom, and brought it back over. <laughs> so well, there, was, there were many of the moments where I was ready to give the 75 inches in the bedroom to, to the, the um, Patrick and Siobhan household. There's that to try. I can't imagine you, everybody there were trying to watch a movie on that 32 inch. Cause that's just like, but I'm also, you know, spoiled with my giant ass TVs too. So, yeah. So, in any case, um, all right. So, jumping over to Netflix, uh, last week, Tank and I were talking about how the Avatar Last Airbender fans crowdfunded a million dollars in 16 minutes 
And it was like, you know, groundbreaking. Oh my God. Can't believe 16 minutes, a million dollars for a tabletop RPG. Uh, And while he and I were talking about this last week, I was saying, you know, if we could get all of these people to put forth the same effort into getting a decent live action last airbender made i bet something epic could happen we got off the we got off recording and i i want to say it was the same night tank sends me a message hey bobby guess what netflix is doing yeah they just released their cast for the live action avatar of the last airbender so yeah, and they're was, doing it as a series, which is how it should be done. Yes. So, um, I guess we're partially responsible for willing that into the universe. I don't know. I'm going to totally take responsibility for that, unless it sucks, and then it was all Tank's fault. And then it was M Night Shyamalan's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's always M Night Shyamalan's fault. I mean, come on. There's even a Cards Against Humanity card for that. That's accurate. Yeah, well, it's because he's he he made one and a half good movies. Okay, elaborate. I was gonna say that requires explanation. Uh, Sixth Sense was a good movie, right? Yeah, the first time you watched it. Unbreakable was about half a good movie. That was his. Okay, I'll give you one and a half. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll concur. Besides that, he, he, he relies on twist too much. Sorry, I just the way that he makes movies irritates me sometimes. Yeah, uh, but actually, it was uh, I'd watched The Sixth Sense once and I enjoyed it, and I went to watch it a second time, and it was actually with your wife. Mm. And in the first like seven minutes of the movie, she's like, "But isn't he dead?" And I'm just yeah, like, she, well, you just ruined the whole movie. Quickly, yes. <laughs> it's surprising legitimately how many people... I guess it's not surprising. A lot of people were surprised by that, I guess. But Yeah, but know. she caught it in, like, minutes. Yeah, I picked that up as soon as he came back. Like, wait, he was just bleeding to death. What's happening right now? <laughs> I thought it was a flashback at first. So, all right. All right. So, anyways, Avatar: The Last Airbender has been willed into the universe. Has been willed into existence. Um, They actually have a cast of um, you know Asian and Asian Pacific uh, and Middle Eastern people to fit the different uh, tribes instead of whitewashing it. Yeah, not only just like which when they tend not to when they don't whitewash things, they also tend to just pull people at random. Asian, yeah, yes. everyone everyone Asian is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes is what they do instead. It doesn't look like they did that. It looks like they legitimately tried to to different parts of the Asian continent where there are several countries and cultures and you know, histories and pull people from all different backgrounds. Exactly. 
And they didn't just be like, hey, Aquafina, we're making another you know, uh, thing that requires some sort of Asian character. You want to do it? Is she not in it? Actually, I'd be surprised if she wasn't. Uh, she's not on the current cast list. Uh, that is legitimately surprising. She's right? In rings, but that one. Yeah, she's in a lot of things. That's because every time they're like, hey, we need an Asian actress. I guess that's true. At this be point. clear, an under tw- an under thirty year old Asian actress. If they need somebody over thirty, they go to Ming Na Wen. Yeah, but or I'm completely Lucy okay Lucy with Lu. that choice. Or Lucy Liu, which she or is Lu- actually yeah, in one Lucy of the Star Wars Lu. stories. And if they need somebody older, they go with the I can't think of the actress's name now from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I mean. But- uh, it's like they actually have appropriate actors playing mm-hmm. these parts. Which is smart. You know, um, I just just looking at the the actors uh, and actresses next to um, the animated yeah. uh, images of the characters they're going to be playing. I feel good about this. Like it could be a complete shitstorm, but. Uh, I feel like it's going to be better than the big fucking fish monster. Yeah. Oh, come on. What was wrong with the big fucking fish monster? I will stab you in the eye through the computer. (laughs) But yes, this looks like it'll be much better and much more accurate to the story. Bobby. Or can I? Yeah, I'll put my pencil through your eyeball. Yeah, fork you. <laughs> what? Frack you. Oh, fork. Fork. Yes, yes, I see the fork. You're you're being very clever with the fact that you're holding up the eating utensil. And I'm still going to say, frack your fork. Hey, I could call the mother fracker before. All right, let's see. What else do we have on our list for uh, tonight? Ah, yes. South Park. Fuck Matt Like, what? So oh, the, the guys, Fine. Matt and Trey, you know, to their friends, we which are not me. Rich. Let's go ahead and make that very clear. Yes. They've had a lot of successful ventures in the entertainment industry. You are not wrong. Um, and they are... And to pile on top of that success... $100 million. Ridiculous. Which is a huge number, and it's for six more seasons Six of the more show. seasons of the show. Show... And- streaming movies. Yep. Over the course of apparently eight years, I think is what the... Uh, six years. Everything's over the course of six, six years. years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that's impressive. And... Yep. Good for them. Because that's a giant pile of money. And they will never have to do anything. They already don't have to do anything. This on is whim, true. On a whim, they bought Casa Bonita. So... Which, who the fuck knows what's going to happen there? I just know that the food can't get worse. 
I'm assuming I'm, I actually trust them to make nation thing again in Colorado for some reason. That seems like something that they would actually try and make more interesting again. You know, I mean, they've already helped increase uh, tourism to the actual South Park area, um, as well as to Casa Bonita. But, I mean... Anyone uh, who doesn't know how big South Park actually is, um, it takes less than a minute to drive from one end to the other. It takes about <laughs> six minutes if you walk. Yeah, it might take you six minutes to walk the entire thing. All right. There but people still go stores, there. A couple houses and a post office. But people still trek out to that location. They do. I, I've stopped there on my way to Gunnison a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they bought Casa Bonita with, you know, significantly less than that $900 million. A very small portion of their over a billion combined dollars. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Casa Bonita was basically <laughs> killed by the pandemic. Oh, yeah. It was uh, like uh, almost. There was, uh, yeah, actually a, uh, a new nonprofit group started in the uh, Denver area called SaveCasaBonita.org. Um, because instead of just calling it Save Casbonita and then having a website, they actually worked the .org into their business name. Uh, I'm not joking on that. That's impressive. That's okay. uh, but, yeah, so apparently uh, the Save Casbonita group could not raise up enough funds to save it on their own, so the boys from South Park stepped in. So. Which they can definitely afford. At this point, they can afford anything. Yeah, except oh. for coming to my high school class reunion. Well, they could afford to. They just choose not to because they know you'll yeah. be there. They can afford not to go in. They can afford apparently not to even you know fly their private yeah. Matt can afford to not fly his private jet to Centennial Airport to come to the class reunion. For the last three. Okay. Well, I, I'm pretty sure what he does is he's like, hey, people who aren't Vance, why don't I pay to fly you out to see me instead? <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, one of my one of my classmates also became a Hollywood agent um, and, and has seen Matt several times and um, talked to him about coming out and he just absolutely... Just won't do it, you know. Well, it's, you it's, know, again, it's because they know you'll be there. Okay, technically, yes, but it's interesting because every time I show up to it, I've got either a different wife or multiple partners showing up with me, which is just comedic. Just, just because, you know, uh, Stash couldn't be here, we had to bring in a new man whore. Um, and I prefer, I prefer man whore. Because it sounds more like man of war. So, yeah, I, I could I could go with that. You could be a man of war instead of being a Portuguese man of war. You are a Polish man of war. If you know what, I have been called worse. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, when we were living in Hawaii, whenever the man of war was at were out, they would run a flag up to tell people not to play at that beach. And so, you know what? 
whenever he shows up to the high school reunion, they have a flag out front says Vance is here. And then he leaves. Well, when, you know, I have to buy an entire table for my, my polycule. <laughs> so. Yeah. Sticking with Manhor. All right. <laughs> Moving on to something that is uh, slightly more interesting. Uh, and that is PlayStation has officially purchased Crunchyroll. Yeah, they have. Uh, they, that is official now. So they actually own, which at this point, I believe, is the largest anime streaming service. I believe you are accurate. And we do not entirely know what they're doing with it yet. Um, but the indication seems to be that they are going to make it part of their PS Plus offering. And they're going to incorporate a movie and TV aspect to it, which I'm assuming is going to make it cost more money. And that is what everybody else is assuming as well, is that this is going to mean for those who want uh, the PlayStation Plus experience you shall now be paying for something you may or may not want yes Um, ps plus has its issues um but it seems odd that they wouldn't kind of go the microsoft route a little bit with the game pass who did something similar because uh, even when if you had game pass like they offer like disney plus as part of it as part of the thing that you can get either a discount off of it or something like that as part of the subscription yeah but you're also getting more games playstation plus is only 60 dollars a year yes i mean so on the grand scheme of you know different subscription services, it's not a ton. No, but you would be surprised at how many don't like the fact that they're paying $60 a year. Because that actually is a fairly large portion of the population at this point. Well, I mean, I think people just don't like having to pay subscription fees for anything. And even more so with what Xbox has done with theirs, because they've basically made it, you know, to do the Game Pass thing. $14 a month, but you also get all of their games. You get the EA Access stuff. You get all kinds of stuff lumped in with it. And that's $14 a month, or I think like $120 a year or something like that. Yeah. But you also have a huge catalog of day one games that come out. Plus their their back catalog, plus all kinds of other incentives. So it seems odd that, and and it's an assumption at this point. Maybe that is what they're planning. Maybe they're going to roll their PS Plus and their PlayStation Now service, and they're going to throw Crunchyroll into it also, and then charge you know fifteen dollars a month. We don't know yet, but we know that there's definitely going to be something happening. Because they just spent a lot of money to acquire uh, this service. Yeah, quite a large amount of money to acquire this service. I know that my anime friends swear by Crunchyroll. 
and a lot of people do in the, the anime you know people tend Crunchyroll is the biggest distributor of anime at this point for streaming services so I mean we have um, uh, NDK and uh, you know a couple other anime fests tentatively scheduled for Colorado this year or at least they haven't been canceled as of yet um, and so you're gonna see people who you know, basically, uh, have very strong opinions about this Crunchyroll acquisition one way or another. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of uh, backlash yet, but we also don't know what's happening yet. So yeah. so wait and see what happens. Exactly. At this point, until they make an official announcement of how it's going to impact their services, and we have no idea what's going to happen next. So... As it is with most things, wait and see, and we will have opinions once we have more information. In fairness, we have opinions now, even though they are um, unfounded. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> okay, so. What would be we, we be without unfounded opinions? This show wouldn't exist. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so speaking of opinions that you will hear more from us uh, later on, and that is on Reminiscence, uh, Hugh Jackman's latest film, um, you, where he's a dream detective and not dreamy, but like in an actual dream setting. Uh, and that comes out on uh, HBO Max as well as in theaters this upcoming weekend. So, uh, scores at this point are not high, which, you know, you can kind of take or leave that at this point. We don't know what that means, but uh, it has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes as of right now, which is not great. Well, and it hasn't even officially come out yet. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. It's apparently, you know, in the not too distant future, you know, um, so uh, written by the creator or co-creator of Westworld, and that is Lisa Joy. Um, and she is also the director. Which makes sense. Uh, so writer and, uh, and director, um, you know, best known for her work with Westworld. Yeah, well, based on the synopsis, that does make sense. Yeah. So, so you know, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll get a chance to watch that um, before our next yeah. episode and have much, much to say about that. Um, also coming out this weekend is The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. Yeah, that comes out on Monday, officially. Yep, on Netflix. Netflix. And this is an animated movie. Yeah, uh, we still don't have Witcher Season 2, um, which, you know, we're all anxiously awaiting. Uh, oh, and no. the voice actors are not the same in this as they as the actors from um, the, TV sh- uh, the uh, Netflix TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it serves as a spinoff from that series because, you know, both produced by Netflix. Uh, and so, yeah, wait and see, 
you know, what that looks like. Having read some of the Witcher books, uh, that shit is all over the place. So who knows what's going to happen in this particular film? Yeah, it's a pretty wild lore, to be honest. <laughs> so it could be. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the assumption of it's going to be decent, yeah. just based on what they've done with the material to this point. So I'm hopeful. And with with all things, the most we can be is hopeful. Until we are proven uh, wrong or right in many of the cases as the movies we have speculated upon. (laughs) So that is all I have for our agenda this evening. Vance, do you have anything to say on Reminiscence or The Witcher movie? I'm actually genuinely looking forward to Reminiscence. Um, You know, I I, I, I can see where it's probably going to be a, a reasonably rehashed plot from, you know, certain angles, but it's, it's, you know, not, I, I like Hugh Jackman trying to stretch his legs a little bit, you know, um, into different arenas. So coming off of his last few movies, this will be back into the kind of the sci-fi realm, sci-fi action realm. So it should be, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'll stick with the word hopeful. <laughs> you know, if it's, a, if, it, if I can give it at least a, a you know, Two and a half star out of five, I'm going to say it's good brain candy. That's all I'm really, really expecting from it, is a good brain candy. Agreed. Right. I'm not excited at all for The Witcher. I didn't I didn't get into the series. I didn't dig it as much as most people did. Mm. Um, but that's just me. I, I, got, I think, I, I, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> good, because I may have to that's touch okay. you if you start talking bad about that show. I wasn't going to talk bad about it. I just I couldn't get into it. Oh, we're not against hot takes on this channel. I thoroughly shit on Lord of the Rings two weeks ago. So. This is true. You know, the whole point is uh, of having, you know, uh, guests on or multiple hosts in general is to get a variety of different perspectives, viewpoints, um, and people telling me that I'm right. Uh, you're not. Shut up. Nobody likes you. And, and this is why um, all of the the male counterparts on this show, other than Smurf, are referred to in the brotherly format. Uh, Vance, the older brother I never wanted and somehow ended up with. Uh, Stash, the, the younger brother who is just a giant pain in my tuchus. But I bring him as my plus one most places anyway. Tank, who married into the family and got stuck with me. Uh, you know, um, so, uh, and Fox, it's less of a brotherly thing, but, uh, you know, he's definitely still in that familial uh, arena. Entering into the incestuous, that, that's a brotherly relationship. That is definitely not. Uh, however... Um, with the three of the brotherly types, that is not a concern in any way, shape, or form, because yuck, on all three of you, and not just because Tank is married to my sister. And on that I'm beautiful a, note... A bit rude. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I have no issue with that. I always can put Noah in, in Noah in front of you and know that, you know, 
that's 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 not an issue. You know what? Uh, of the, all of the men in your family, Vance Noah is my favorite. Noah's my favorite too. <laughs> all right. Um, so, on that lovely note, oh my god, uh, we shall say good night and uh, until next time. Uh, when we come back, and who the hell knows is going to be on the show next week. Uh, we could be back to our regular grouping. We could have a bunch of random strangers. All I know for sure is either Tank and or myself uh, will be there because somebody has to run the uh, the buttons on recording this uh, insanity. So, uh, you know, uh, walk softly, carry a big stick. And, you know... You forgot the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Walking I didn't Dead. forget. I don't care. Walking Dead Season 11 for the people that still watch that show. It's on Sunday. You made a Negan reference, and then you and then you say you don't care. I see how it is. Walk softly and carry a big stick is not a Negan reference. It is when you're a nerd. It goes back way before... All right, I we're going to call it before I start trying to beat Vance through the computer, so right. much so that he matches his shirt. All right, He's everybody. All right. <laughs> Good night, all. Thank you for putting up with us, because God only knows how you do that. See you next time. <laughs>